0: Good evening, everyone. I'm going to start with a smile check just to begin. You guys know we've been away for like three days, so I have no idea how much stress you've been under, but I know how much stress I've been under. So let's start with a smile on this side. Are you smiling? Praise the Lord. Smile, smile, smile checks. Yes, yes. Amen. It's good to see you. Praise the Lord. Before we begin tonight, because I'm not smart enough or intelligent enough to communicate the realities of the gospel, I want to ask that we bow our heads together, is that okay? Our Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your grace, your mercy that extends day after day, moment by moment. By no means, Lord, are any of us worthy to be in this place, but because of you, because of our our need of you, Lord, we are here. And Father, right now we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us, that you guide our thoughts and feelings, that they reflect your own. And we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the only effectual teacher of truth, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as I was preparing this particular topic, I was impressed to approach it differently than I intended to approach it. And so we're going to start in our Bibles in the book of Daniel, in Daniel the third chapter, Daniel chapter three. And there we have a story that is instructive for our day and our time. In Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 1, the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors and the captains and the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now this is an interesting story because we know this story comes after Nebuchadnezzar had had his dream. You remember Nebuchadnezzar's dream? We went over Daniel chapter 2. And Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream where he was the head of gold. There's another kingdom that was supposed to come up after him, the chest and arms of silver. There's another kingdom after him who was inferior, whose legs were of, or chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass. And then the legs were of iron, and then the feet were of iron and clay. And he saw that God had providentially revealed to him what was supposed to happen in the last days. And Daniel, the prophet's there. He's explaining to me. So the king is completely flabbergasted. He's completely honoring the God of heaven. But not too many months or years later, this king decides that he wants wants to make another image. And that image, all gold. And this image, all gold, is in fact a rebellious act. It's an act that says, I don't care what God says, I'm filling myself today. I don't care what God has prophesied, I don't care what he has ordered, this is what I'm going to do. And Nebuchadnezzar's pride is exalted. And he's so, he's so into himself that he calls all the leaders of the world together, and they all come together to give special honor to this image for the sake of this king. Now, as I was reading the story, I found some interesting uh, little tidbits. If you don't mind indulging us together as we read some of these tidbits. Go back to Daniel 3. I'm the one that dropped my Bible. You didn't. Amen. And Daniel 3, we're looking now at verse number 2. The text says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Now, I thought it was interesting. I looked for that phrase throughout the rest of the chapter, what the king had set up. Do you notice that in the end of chapter 2, it says the king has set it up? It says at the end of verse 3, the king, in the middle there, it says the king had set up. And at the end of, of that verse 3, it says he had, Nebuchadnezzar had set up you'll see at the end of chapter verse 5 it says Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up and then you'll see it again in verse number 7 at the end of that verse it says Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up you'll see it again at verse number 12 it says which thou hast set up verse 14 at the end of verse 14 it says which I have set up At the end of verse 18, it says the golden image which thou hast set up. Do you see that there's a problem here? There's an eye problem. You see the eye problem? There's an image made for his own self-glorification, his own ideas, his own ideologies. This is a problem repeated time after time. And we know that this problem began with Lucifer in heaven. Is that right? There's an eye problem. But wait, there's something more in my observation of the text. Go to verse number 4. Verse number 4 says, "Then a herald aloud, then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages." So this is a national call. This is a global call. Everyone, this is a proclamation. What is the proclamation? Verse 5. That at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, satbut, salt tree, dulcimer, and all kinds of, what's it say, my friends? Music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. So we see here in this passage that there is not only, a, there is a herald that tells everyone, when you hear the music, you must bow down. When you hear the music, you must bow down now again just an observation just we're just watching the text four times this phraseology is used you see there in verse number five you see it there you see it there in verse number seven where it says therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet the flute the harp the sack but the psaltery and all kinds of music all the peoples nations and languages fell down and worshipped of the golden image you see it again in verse number 10 Mentioning all the instruments, again, dealing with worship. And then in verse number 15, says it one more time. Four times it makes mention of music. Four times there's a special call to bow down to an image designed by man. Everybody follow that? And four in the Bible, you you do your own research, but four in the Bible is normally a global worldwide influence. Now, I'm going to share some persons on the screen, and I don't know whether they are sincere or not, for this is not my intent in this study tonight, but I'm going to put some persons on the screen. You may recognize them. Let me pass this. You may recognize them. This is, and there's no sound, so don't worry. There's no sound for this one. This is a picture of a music video by this man named Snoop. Now, many years ago, before he's in a church building, I had a dream that Snoop was in church, and the church looked very similar to that. It was just bigger. It was like three or four times bigger. And this is before he started rapping in church. And I was in my in the dream, I'm sitting on the right hand side of the of the of the congregation, and I saw Snoop go to the pulpit. So in my dream, of course, I, I want to stand for truth in my dream. You know, so I get up from the from my from my pew and I, I walk up to the to the the platform and Snoop is there in the in the pulpit. And I say to Snoop, I say, Snoop, you know, you can't can't be up here. Uh, You can't be up here, bro. I know you, man. I know know what what you're about. And he said in his his way, don't judge me. Now, if you know anything about Snoop, that's kind of how he talks. (laughs) Don't judge me. And I woke up. And never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that one day there would be a music video with Snoop in church with three women doing whatever they're doing. Not sure exactly what that is. And this is supposed to be honoring God. Now, again, I I know not his sincerity. I know not where God has him on his journey. I don't know that. So I'm not condemning the man. All I'm saying is this is strange. This is strange. And then they have this other guy come in here. This guy that is walking in used to be a gospel artist. He changed his name to something else. I can't remember what it is, but he's a he's a rapper, or singer, or something. He used to be called Tony Tony or something like that. But these people are supposed to be representatives of God now. I'm just—it's just a curious thing. If you've been paying attention at all, there's a new church service going around town, uh, done by a man named Kanye West. Anybody know about Kanye? All right, so Kanye has a new church service and he's going around and he's having these wonderful church services and people are supposedly being converted and, and coming to Jesus and so forth and so on, even though there's no preaching at, at these services, No preaching, no calling out of sin. Although I did watch a whole service today. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So I watched the whole thing and I thought to myself, I pray he's sincere. You, you hear what I'm saying? I pray he's sincere although i'm concerned let me tell you why open your bibles to revelation 18 don't lose your hand here daniel chapter 3 go to revelation 18 for a moment revelation 18 i'm going to read something to you here in revelation chapter 18 and beginning at verse number one and when you have it just say amen revelation 18 verse 1 the bible says and after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen. Says it twice. And it's become the habitation of what, my friends? Of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of what? Every unclean and hateful bird. Now, you wouldn't fully understand what that means, except maybe just, just by reading it, you can get it's a bad place to be. Could you, could you get that from that reading? Without going into the great detail, Babylon is not the place you want to be. Babylon is fallen, and somehow, some way, it's become the cage of every foul spirit and every unclean and hateful bird. My mind then runs to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 5. Keep your hand in D- Daniel 3. Go to Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5, and watch what the Bible says there. In Jeremiah 5, we're looking at verse 27. Jeremiah 5, and watch what it says. When you have it, say amen. It says, as a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of, what's it say? Deceit therefore they are become great and waxen fat i said oh that's interesting so babylon is fallen it's become the cage of every foul spirit and every unclean and hateful bird therefore there are lies within babylon that are enriching people and causing them to be defiled at the same time are you following my friends Remember now, I, we read in the book of Daniel 3 that there is a clarion call and there's this call. Once the music plays, everybody must what? Bow down. Pay attention. There's something else I want to show you. Uh, I don't even know if I want to let you hear this. I'm not going to let you hear this. Anyway, there's a, in this conversation, Snoop is talking. And I thought it was interesting at the end of the conversation. He, he's, they ask him, what do you do with the controversy of you coming in and, and doing church? He says, well, none of the preachers said anything to me about it. And then he says, but if there's a preacher that wants to say something to me about it, no, let, let me let you hear him. Let me, let me let you hear him. The music, there might be a little bit of music that's not okay, but this, listen to this. Can you, is the sound up, brother? I did? No No sound? All right. So he's, he's making a comment here. So what do, what do you think about bringing this stuff into the church? He says, look, none of the pastors said anything to me. Donnie McClurkin didn't say anything. Kurt Franklin didn't say anything. So if somebody wants to say something and he does this, you'll see at the end what he does, his face. I'm going to just let you look at his face. Let me let, me see, let me let you see his face. Look at this. It's okay. It's okay. You see his face? Look at him. What you gonna say? What? What? You see him? Tell me. Was that a, a kind spirit? No, my friends, I don't think so. And he was, and he he essentially he essentially said, "Don't judge me." Now, I, again, my mind is. Is going in regards to these persons, not because I I don't like them or or I don't think they are or sincere, I think they're sincere. In fact, this is new. This just came out the other day. Brad Pitt no longer identifies as atheist, says he was just being rebellious. He is now a Christian. I pray it's sincere. Justin Bieber has come out now and says he wants to start doing Sunday churches with, with Kanye. I pray it's sincere. No, I, I'm serious. I pray it's sincere. But what I am gonna say, my friends, we must be careful. We must be careful. That which is popular, that which is, is easy, religion is not always the religion of God. We must be careful. Demi Lovato got b- baptized the other day. Anybody know about her? She got baptized in the Jordan River yesterday. Demi Lovato. She's a she's a pop singer. She said that God is filling her, the God-shaped void in her heart. I pray it's sincere. But I'm also concerned, brothers and sisters, that there is a false revival taking place, and Christianity is an easy club to get into now. Yeah. This is a, a, a quote from a, a, a man named Juvenal. He was a Roman poet. And I was, I was processing in my mind, you know, the enemy is always trying to distract God's people from being focused on the word. So Juvenile wrote something that I thought might find it interesting for you. It says, already long ago, from when we sold our vote to no man, the people had abdicated our duties for the people who, who once upon a time handed out military command, high civil office, legions, everything now restrains itself and anxiously hopes for just two things what two things does he say they they hope for bread and circus circus. okay so from the latin that was bread and games and the the idea was simple he's saying look if you get the people you give them free food and you entertain them with games you can do anything in government to the people because all you do is keep everybody happy Keep them distracted, keep them happy, and as they do that, you could do anything you want. I wonder if that's happening with us today. Bread and bread and circuses. I, I looked up the phrase just so you can see it more carefully. A phrase used by a Roman writer to deplore the declining heroism of Romans after the Roman Republic ceased to exist and the Roman Empire began. Two things only the people anxiously desire bread and circus. The government kept the Roman populace happy by distributing free food and staging huge spectacles. I wonder if that's happening with people today, bread and circus. Go back to Daniel 3 for a moment. I don't wanna to get too far ahead of myself with these slides. Go back to Daniel 3 and we're, we're simply doing a biblical critique as an ex- explanation for our times in our day. Ezekiel, Daniel, Daniel 3. And we stopped at verse number five, because when they hear the music, they're supposed to do what, my friends? They're supposed to bow down. Verse six. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So if you don't bow down, you're going to die. Therefore, at the time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image, that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now watch verse 8. Watch verse 8 carefully. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Now, who are the Chaldeans? The Chaldeans were the, same, were, were the, the original persons that lived in that nation, and they were concerned about the exaltation of these righteous Jewish individuals. So they're watching. Now, I thought this was an interesting passage because in my life, I used to work at Burger King. Anybody else used to work at Burger King? You never worked at Burger King? I worked, I worked at Burger King for a little while. You worked at Burger King? So Burger King has these patties. They're, they used to, at least. They had these red meat patties. But, they, you know, they're red because there's blood. You guys know that, right? Anyway, they're frozen meat patties. And so you would, what we would do is we'd get the frozen patties and we will put them on a, the, little, the little belt. And the belt would go through the, the, the oven, and they'd come out the other side brown. Now, how did that happen? You guys, anyway, that's not the point. So sometimes my friends, when they would get these uh, patties, they would drop them on the ground. And then they would pick them up and put them back on the conveyor belt and let them go through, and then somebody would have a burger. I'm just saying that happened in real life. I saw it. So I I ended up working at Burger King for like maybe a week or two, and I'm working there, and in that week or two, I got a three-cent raise. My three-cent raise, they gave me a pin, and they put that little pin on my hat. (laughs) Do you know that I received so much hatred from my coworkers for my three-cent raise? It was amazing. I I couldn't couldn't fathom in my mind why these people were so upset at me for my three-cent raise. But I I thought about this, and this is the nature of the human heart. You have your hand in Daniel 3. Go to Psalms 27. I'm sorry, Psalms 37. Psalms 37. And look at verse number 28. Psalms 37 and verse 28. It says, for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous. What do the wicked do, my friends? Y'all didn't get that. Y'all got that? The wicked watcheth the righteous. Why do the wicked watch the righteous, and seeketh to do what to him, my friends? So the wicked are always looking. They're always concerned because if there's somebody living righteously, it makes them look bad. So if I'm not if I'm not dropping the patty on the ground, and they dropping the patty on the ground, by default they start looking bad. People start looking for things in your life. I remember one time I was hanging out with a, a family member of mine, and we were living. She wasn't living the right way, and we were driving in the car, and I, she, she could poke and poke and poke and poke. She would just poke. She knew that I was trying to be a Christian, but she kept poking and poking and poking, and finally I gave in. I was like, girl, don't you, and then she's like, see, you just like me. We got to be careful. Like the way we live, people are watching. People are testing. You made a new, you've made new decisions in your life. You're going to be more holy. You're going to live more righteously. They're going to be testing you now. Right? The wicked watch the righteous, and they seek to slay them. You can see this in this story. The Chaldeans are watching God's people, and once they got them, they set up this law. You pose a wish of the image. Oh, they're not. Wa- Let's go to the king. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Whisper, whisper. Remember, that's the, that's the trait of the devil, you know? Gossip behind people's back is a trait of the devil. It's, it's not good at any time for any purpose. Unless you're getting on, as, as soon as you say something, if it's negative, listen, my friends. you got to listen. As soon, if, if it's negative, immediately go to your knees. <laughs> immediately go to your knees. I'll tell you why. And in fact, when we, I'm gonna, you know, let me keep going because there's something special I'm going to show you tonight that I don't think most of you have ever seen in your life. I want to share with you, it's, it's going to be beautiful if we can catch it. But if gossip comes from your lips, my friends, know that it is from the devil and it's never for a righteous purpose. So this is what they used to do. They used to have uh, the gladiators, this was a form of entertainment, and the government would intentionally do the gladiator stuff so that people would be distracted from what was actually going on. They did that then. They do it now. So now what do we got? We have new gladiators, schools of brutality, my friends. These things are not of heaven. These things are not of God. They don't teach you how to love. Anybody, any of these teach you how to love anybody? Do you see any? The left hook. Right hook, Uh, any special love there? Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's getting his helmet knocked off down there. Any love there? No, no love in these pictures, my friends. This is a school of brutality. And you see, my friends, as we behold, that's what we become like. So that's why sometimes in church meetings, it turns out like this. It may not be physical, but verbally we destroy each other. Because by beholding, we become changed schools of brutality, distractions. Go back to Daniel 3. Oh, no, before I go to Daniel 3, look at this. This was uh, Etienne de la Boy, Etie. I was saying that wrong, probably. But my French friends can get me to say it right. So he wrote, he was a, he was a French judge, a writer, a founder of modern political philosophy in France. And he said, plays, farces, spectacles, gladiators, strange beasts, medals, pitchers, and other such opiates, Notice he called them opiates. These were for ancient peoples debate toward what? Slavery. The price of their what? Liberty. The instruments of what? Whoo. When I found out, I was like, man, this brother's thinking. By these practices and enticements, the ancient dictators so successfully lulled their subjects under the yoke that the stupefied peoples, fascinated by the pastimes and vain pleasures, flash before their eyes, learn subservience as naively but not so credibly as little children learn to read by looking at bright picture books. That's, that's That's a heavy sentence. In other words, your entertainment is your opiate. Your entertainment is your drug. So if I can entertain you and I can get you to stop reading this book, this book right here, the Bible, you can be entertained by everything he put up there. You can be so consumed with your time, with your job. You don't spend any time in your Bible. This book. You see, we're about to read about two, three young men who stood firmly for God. How did they do that? It it definitely wasn't because they were being entertained. They weren't playing cards. They weren't doing video games. They weren't just hanging out and doing whatever. These persons, these young men had a deep abiding relationship with God. So when the tests came close to them, no matter who was doing what, they said, I'm going to stand. Amen. Go with me back to Daniel, Daniel 3. Go back to Daniel 3. Go back to Daniel 3. Look at this. So these spies are spying on them. Again, the music is played. King, you said if the music played, they're supposed to bow down. They're not bowing down. Therefore, they should be thrown into a furnace. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I ha- have made. Well, but if ye worship not, Ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fire furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Strong words, eh? Now, I read the passage. My mind goes in like four different directions. I'm only going to go on one of the four that went into my brain. So this passage reminds me of Revelation chapter 13. In Revelation chapter 13, there's an image that's going to be set up, and there's a power that's going to demand that you receive the mark of the beast or the number of his name. So hold your hand in Daniel 3. Go to Revelation 13. Let's read that together. And I'm not going to identify this power tonight, but I want you to see that this test is going to reach us most likely in our day. In Revelation 13, and starting at verse number 1, the Bible says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw so a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head's the name what, my friends? Blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a what's it say? Lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his hands as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was, what's it say? healed. Heal. Now tell me, this next verse, and some of the world, your Bible says all? Brian, your, your Bible says all? Yeah, I just want to make sure. All the world wandered after the beast. Now, the only safety, my friends, if you're, if, if you're going to be safe in this scenario, You have to decide which animal you're going to follow. You can either follow the beast or you can follow the lamb. You can follow the beast or you can follow the lamb, whether it's whoever you go. There's only two options. They don't have denominational names on them. You either follow the beast or you follow the lamb. But notice what else it says here. I want you to jump down to verse 11. Verse 11 says, And I I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake like a what, my friends? Dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth, that's force, and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he do a great wonder so that he make a fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make a, what's it say? An image image to what, my friends? Doesn't that sound like Daniel 3? That they should make an image to the beast which had a deadly wound but has been healed. It says in verse 16, and he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in his forehead or in his what, my friends? Does that sound kind? Does that sound like how Jesus would go about doing things? He calls us all, small, great, rich, poor. Does not matter how old you are? No. So it could be my daughter. You could be 85. No matter what your age is in this matter, he's going to make you receive a mark in your right hand or in your forehead. There is a conflict coming to us where we must learn from those who have stood in the past. Does that make sense? Go back to Daniel 3. Go back to Daniel 3. So now watch watch these young men stand faithfully to God. And we're looking now at verse 16 because the king is challenged. Who's, Who's going to stand against me? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second. I used to play basketball a lot. I was very, very good. I stopped growing. Praise the Lord. If I had continued to grow, I would definitely have gone to the league. There's no question in my mind I would have gone to the NBA. No question. Now, mind you, I would spend hours in the gym hours my dad would go to school in the morning i would we get to three hours early because my dad's a teacher i'll be in the gym for three hours straight practicing right hand left hand school's over my dad would stay after school i would stay another two three hours i'm telling you i practiced five six hours every day during the school year when there was no school i was at the park all day all day so when the game came on it was natural people that didn't put time in the gym could not hold me a left hand right hand no look everything i dribbled dribble with my knees if I needed to you understand what I'm saying people always underestimate me because I'm short they still do that <laughs> I'm short so be trying to bully me you know trying to bully ball it didn't matter but I put time in can you imagine these young men are not all of a sudden standing up and saying I'm going to be faithful to God they didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm just going to honor God today. I'm just going to do what he says today. You know what these young men were doing? Every day, at every opportunity, they were making sure their connection with God was firm and that it was sure. They weren't compromising on anything. Because, my friends, mind you, when you're under pressure, the realness of what you are comes out. Huh? When things are not going right, that's when reality sets in. That's when the truth of what I am is presented. So yeah, I'm cool with you guys right here. We're cool. Everybody's happy right now, right? Everybody's happy. Smiling. Everybody started off with a smile. Everything's good. You cross me when I'm outside. Huh? We driving down the road. You cut me off. You may not hear a word that I'm saying when you cut me off, but I may be saying several things that are not whole. You understand? Righteousness is not in the moment of peace righteousness is demonstrated when things are not going the way you think they should go when pressure is mounted against you when everything seems like it's weighed upon your shoulders that's why when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and the weight of the world is upon him the reality of what he is just came out huh He's under pressure, and what do you see? You see holiness, you see purity, you see love, even under pressure. Jesus is at Calvary, and the people are taking a stick and smiting him on the head. If I were God, I would simply blink you out of existence. I would not deal with you. Do you understand? But he's God, he's love. Everything he is, is real. It's genuine, under pressure. Under pressure. I say, Father, please teach me how to do this. Teach me to be real under pressure. Because my friends, when it's under pressure, that's when the real deal is, comes out. And these young men are under pressure. Their lives are at stake. They have no lawyer to call. There's no extra help. Oh, king, we are not careful to answer you this. I, I, just, I wonder how they said it real respectful too. Oh, king, we probably said it with a smile. I don't know how they did it. But I, my sanctified imagination, I can see them just standing firm for God there. And then they say, verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. I'm not worshiping a man-made decree, man-made day, a man-made idea. I want to serve the Most High God. God. See, we don't serve preachers. We don't serve churches. We serve God. And as we serve God above all else, all these other things will be added in its proper place. So the question is, are you willing to stand for God when all the world turns against you? I you want to turn for, be reminded, remember, Jesus said himself that you will be betrayed. And mind you, you cannot be betrayed by enemies. You have to be betrayed by those who are closest to you, I was thinking about it the other day. I, my, I, I don't think my wife will ever betray me, right? Pray that that be the case, and I pray I never betray her. But what if that would to What Would I just give up? What, what if the, the pastor, I've been working with the pastor and the pastor, one day he just like, Dre, come to church for prayer meeting. And I get here, woo, lock me up. You see, these things happened. These are not new concepts. People have been betrayed all throughout time. Those who have served God, they, they, there's a, what's the name of that, that one reformer guy? No, it wasn't Luther. It was, a, remember the guy in the torch torchlighters, and he made a friend, but the friend was actually his enemy, and then he betrayed him? The guy with the press, William Tyndale. You guys know William Tyndale? William Tyndale was doing amazing work for God getting the Bible printed in the English, English tongue. He was doing a great work. He was hiding from those who were trying to persecute him, and then they sent a guy into the camp to befriend him. And when they, when they befriended him, the friend set him up, got him arrested. I say to myself, friends, look, are you right? i say it this way. Right now, it is really easy to be a Christian. Literally, all you got to say is, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that to everybody else, that's all good. That's why everybody just gets to come in. Everybody just say, I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Everybody comes in. It's a mass influence coming t- into the church. Everybody, oh, yes, praise the Lord. Everybody singing and dancing, doing flips. But the question is, will you be a Christian for real? When no one's looking, when it's not a show, the challenge it's a challenge. Like for me, brothers and sisters, the reason why I, I stand here and do this is not because I do this because, and the way I speak is because I want it to be real. I hope you get that every time you come here. Like at the end of the day, this is not a show. It's not a game. I'm not the most fluent guy to put things together. That's not how it goes. It's real. It's true. Do you believe? If you believe, then salvation is yours, and life does not ever have to be the same. You can live a righteous, holy life in a wicked, sinful world. That's what God wants. So these young men stayed faithful to God. Verse 19 says, Then when Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bid Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, I'm going to pause there for a moment. I want to show you something before I get too far to the end. Yes, let me, let me do this. <laughs> Look at this. I'm going to show you something. May, you may or may not have seen this before. So the definition of sound is vibrations that travel through the air or another medium and can be heard when they reach a person or animal's ear. And light travels faster than sound, okay? Sound produced by continuous and regular vibrations as opposed, opposed to noise, all right? So definition of sound is there. Now, I'm going to show you this. Oh, I definitely need, let me replug this in because I definitely need the sound to work. I'm about to Replugging in. Vocal or instrumental sounds are both combined in such a way as to produce beauty of form, harmony, and expression of emotion. The written or printed signs representing vocal or instrumental sound. So, this is the definition of sound and the definition of music. All right, so anybody know who this is? Helen Keller, very good. Hopefully, the sound's working. No sound, sir? I unplugged it and plugged it back in. Nothing? Okay, so I'm want to take this. Can you turn this on for me? And I'm going to put it next to my computer. Because I do want you to hear this. Your lightest footfall will
1: tell her you are coming. So even tell her who you are, if she knows you as she knows her old friend, Polly Thompson. Polly has been with Helen Keller 40 years. For nearly half of these, she has been Helen's only companion, Helen's eyes and ears upon the world. She talks with Helen by a finger system in which each letter has a sign, like this. In reaching out beyond her dark and soundless night, Helen depends most on touch. Two other senses remain. There's taste and there's smell. Scent, the scent of objects and places and people, tells Helen much that we learn with eyes and ears. But her hand is her chief link with the outer world, with Polly, with Anne, the part-time helper, with everyone she encounters. With her hand, she reads Anne's lips. She answers for her voice. It is an unnatural voice, and it is her great sorrow. For all our years of effort, Helen has never learned to speak clearly. This isn't strange, for since she was a baby, she has not heard a word spoken, nor seen lips forming one. But let Helen, with Polly's help, tell you.
2: It is not blindness or deafness that brings me in my others. It is not blindness or deafness that bring me my darkest hours. It is the acute disappointment in not being able to speak normally. It is the acute disappointment in not being able to speak normally. Longingly, I think how much more good I might have been if I had only acquired my children's speech. Longingly, I feel how much more good I could have done if I had acquired normal speech. But rather than this sorrowful experience. I understand more fully. But out of this sorrowful experience, I understand more all are human striving, and ambitions, and the infinite capacity of all.
0: All right. So I share that with you because Helen Keller could not hear, and she could not what? Okay. So now, how is she learning? What is she learning from what? Vibrations. Vibrations. Listen, watch this one. Look at this. Again, I'm, I'm showing you these things because I'm talking about sound. Music.
2: <laughs> it's like so close. <laughs> Now technically, your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, that's exciting! Here, you can put it down for a second. Just get used to the sound. (laughs) What does it sound like? I don't want to hear myself cry. Can you hear me? Can you hear your voice? Does your voice sound pretty loud? Um, no, not really. Well, let's go.
3: <laughs> My laughter fell loud. Yeah, you'll get used to all
2: of that over time. Do you want to hear your husband say something? <laughs>
0: All right, so the lady had never heard before. You see that? Sound, the ability to hear. Powerful. Watch this one, I thought this was interesting.
3: It could be called a modern day miracle. Watch as this little boy hears his father's voice for the first time.
2: Hi, Grayson, talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> daddy he's
3: here. Can you hear Daddy? Before this moment, Grayson Clamp had never heard a sound.
0: Daddy. All right, so he had never heard what? Now, watch, I'm going to show you something else. Again, I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm building something right now. I'm, I'm building something. I just want you to pay. Stay with me. Don't go to sleep yet. I know it's bedtime. Stay with me. Building something. Watch this.
2: that Billy opened her eyes. She didn't respond. As much as I tried, I knew her for two years. No matter what I tried, massage wouldn't work. Nothing worked. But when we got introduced to the iPods and the family told me the things that she liked, it was amazing once we put the iPod on her. She started shaking her feet. She started moving her her head. Her son was just amazed. Okay, can we stop? Because now I'm... Getting her <laughs> I'm seeing her all over again. Hi, Papa. Hi, Papa. Huh? How you doing? All right. Fine. Who, who am I? I don't know.
3: Wait
2: a minute. Okay, it's Jerry. How long has he been in the nursing home? Uh, Approximately 10 years. 10 years. He was having seizures, and my mother couldn't handle him at home. Of course it affected me greatly, because he was always, you know, fun-loving, singing. You know, every occasion he would come out with a song, no matter where he was. I remember as a child, he used to walk us down the street, me and my brother, and he would stop and do singing in the rain, he would have us jumping and swinging around poles. He was, you know, he was good, he was always into music, you know, always loved singing, dancing. His name is Henry Dreyer. Uh-huh. And, I'm looking more or less for religious music for him. Okay.
4: Because
2: he enjoys music and he always called in the Bible. So I, Rather
4: have that for him. We first see Henry inert, maybe depressed, unresponsive, and almost unalive. Henry?
2: Yeah. Henry? Yes, sir. I found your music. You want you want your music now? Okay, let's let's try your music, okay? And then you tell me if it's too loud or
4: not. Then he is given an iPod containing we know his favourite music. up his face assumes expression his eyes open wide he uh, he starts to um, to sing and to rock and to move his arms and he's being animated by the music
2: and he used to always sit on the unit
3: with his head like
2: this he didn't really talk so much people and then when i introduced the music to him this is his his reaction ever since <laughs>
4: Philosopher Kant once called music the quickening art, and Henry is being quickened, he's being
2: brought to life.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take the music for one second, okay? Just uh-huh. to ask you a
2: few questions. Okay? I'm going to give it back to you. Uh huh.
4: Okay. The effect of this doesn't stop, because when the, uh, the, the headphones are taken off, uh, Henry normally mute, virtually unable to answer the simplest yes or no questions is quite voluble. Henry. Yeah? Um, do you like the iPod? Do you like the music you're hearing? Yes. Uh, tell me about your music. Well, I don't, I don't, don't I, I don't have one, I mean. Do you, uh, do you like music? Yeah, I'm crazy about music. And you play beautiful music, beautiful sound, Did beautiful. you did you play music when you were, uh, were you, did you like music when you were young? Yes, yes, I went to big dances and things. W- what was your favorite music when you were young? Uh, well, uh, I guess uh, well, Cab Calloway was my number one band guy I like. Uh, what was your favorite favorite Cab Calloway song? Oh, I'll be for Christmas. Oh, you can count on me.
0: All right, so I shared that with you. You see that? You see that guy was almost non-responsive. Putting music into him, and then all of a sudden he comes back to life. I, I, my brain starts just processing information. Remember now, I showed Daniel 3, music as a means of causing people to do what? Bow down. But music can also be used as a means to bring life. But even more so, I'm gonna show you something else. Look at this. Watch this.
3: Against tens of atmospheres of pressure, has memory experiments done in many countries around the world have shown that water receives and makes an imprint of any outside influence remembering everything that occurs in the space that surrounds it any substance coming into contact with water leaves a trace in the water and her ancestors guess this when they used silver vessels to turn ordinary water into heating water it is today the best antibiotic that is made as good in afghanistan and iraq the american army uses this water one atom per hundred million to kill all the germs in a wound so the president of the united states uses this water to keep infectious Uh, bugs from his hand. So, I said, how can this water be? As it records information, water acquires new properties. Yet, its chemical composition remains unchanged. So, their theory was, the chemical composition of the water is important. Now, the sensational news is that that is nonsense. The structure of water is much more important than the chemical composition. The of water means how its molecules are organized. We can see how water molecules join together into groups. These are called clusters. Scientists came up with the idea that these clusters work as memory cells of a certain sort, in which water recalls the whole history of its relationship with the world as if on magnetic tape.
0: So I'm going to pause there, and the whole video is there. The reason why I share that with you is because it's saying that water has the ability to record. Uh, see, these are water molecules. When they played Mozart, that's what the molecule turned into. When they played Imagine by John Lennon, that's what the molecule turned into. When they uh, used the word love and spoke love to the water, that's what the molecule turned into. The prayers before prayer... You see that horrible thing up there in the corner? After prayer, you see what happened there? in the molecules. Peace, you said the word peace over and over by the water, changed into these different molecules. You said the word I kill you, you see what happened to the water molecules? So my brain's processing, like it's processing information. I'm I'm taking this information in and I'm coming up to a conclusion I'm going to share with you in a moment. You see this? They had uh, an experiment, they put rice Water and water. They said thank you to the water with the rice in it for 30 days. See, at the end of 30 days, see what that rice looks like? You see, you're an idiot. And they kept saying you're an idiot to the water. And look what the rice turned into. They, they ignored the rice, didn't do anything to that rice. You see what happened to that rice? There is life and death in the tongue. There's life and death in the tongue. Again, why is this important? What are we made out of? y'all not here, nothing I'm saying. We are made out of water, 70 percent, 60 percent, water. So what are we saying to each other? What are we singing? Because what we sing, what we say, what we watch, physically impacts us, changes us on a molecular level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why if you have children, you must speak life. If you have a wife, you must speak life. You have church members, you must speak what? Life. Life and death is in the tongue. And there is music that will lead us to hell fire, and there's music that will lead us to life. There are words that will lead us to heaven, and there are words that will lead us to damnation. And my, my friends, I, uh, my simple thought is choose life. You see, at the end of time, these men are standing for God, and they're standing faithful to him, and God stands with them in the midst of the fire. They didn't just happen to get there, my friends. They were talking and acting as if their faith was invincible in the Most High God. They were singing songs of of upliftingness and and joy, not songs of sensuality, putting Jesus' name on it. That doesn't work. But songs of life, purity, holiness. And tonight, as the Lord restructured my sermon, because I was going to show you all the things that are wrong with Hollywood, but I said, no, if I show you all those things, it's going to start impacting you. So let me show you what you should do. This week, I'm gonna challenge you. The next couple of days, I'm gonna challenge you. Over the next couple of days, when you see someone and they get on your nerve, don't say you idiot. Don't say it in your brain either. You see, when Jesus was struck in the face, you know what he thought when they struck him in the face? I love you. When they plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head, you know what Jesus thought? He didn't think you numbskull, rotten scoundrels. I can't stand your your idiot. He didn't do that. I love you. I forgive you. I'm gonna challenge you. Four days straight. We have from we have tonight. We have tomorrow. We have Sabbath. We have Sunday. Four days straight. No negative talks. No negative talking. Speak of Jesus speak of his love speak of the blessings of God no negative talking don't talk about how your bills are destroying you and crushing my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus amen Amen. speak and talk as if your faith were invincible you do this you will gain a great blessing but when you speak negatively and you talk negatively you will lose much I'm giving you a secret, my friends, a secret of how to live a powerful Christian life. How to be faithful for God day by day, moment by moment. And if you were to practice the idea that Jesus is present with me. If you were to practice the idea, practicing the presence of God, I promise you, you will have way less to complain about. And you'll talk to him about everything. Amen. 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 How many tonight have understood what we covered? Can I see your hand? You understood it. If you didn't, we have to stay after. If you agree, if you don't mind, we're going to pray. I'm going to do something different tonight. I'm going to ask that you get in groups of twos and threes. Is that okay? And pray. Ask, you know, what, what your person wants to pray about. Ask for prayer requests and pray with each other. And then I will close after a few moments of silence, okay? So please get together as the pianist plays. Talk to God. Pray. Encourage each other. Encourage each other. Twos and threes. We thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for being here with us. Your word is so plain and so simple. Life and death is in the tongue. The things that we hear, the things that we see affect us. Only you could create something so magnificent, Father. And Lord, we are on our knees. We're on our knees because we need you. We bow our hearts and minds because we need you, Lord. Father, we need you. Please fill us with your spirit. Take away our appetite for the things of this world. Make us more and more like you. We thank you, Father, for already demonstrating your power even tonight.